Welcome to and Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And who'd guess bonding over eating dog food would be the least ridiculous part of your movie? It's Showgirls. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. I really completely forgot about that part. I forgot about most of it. I used to love doggy chow too. It's like such, it's one of, to me, one of the best <laughs> acted scenes in the film. If you, if you like didn't speak English, if this is a foreign film to you or whatever, you change the language on your DVD yep. to yep. a different language. And just like the acting of just seeing them together, I th- I'm like, Oh, what, like, what is going on I, here? What I are agree. they bonding over? This is interesting. And then they toast their little chips together at the end, which is pretty dumb. But before that, I'm like, what, but that they're talking about how they're like, it's better oh. than eating. It's like, whatever. It's worse than dog food. Brown yeah, rice brown vegetables. It's like, you know, I used steak. to eat dog food. It's like, I used to eat dog food. Well, I think we're both, we're supposed to infer from this. They were both very poor. And so they, they are recognizing yes, that in one another. But, to me, the way that you would play a scene of like, oh, wow, so you also came from nothing is very different from it, it, Elizabeth Berkeley plays it as if she's like, oh, my God, you also like dog food? I don't know anyone else that, that but come on, doggy chow, doggy chow is where it's at. Second only to a burger and fries. Yeah, it's like they're bonding over a very niche band. Yes, exactly. It feels like, oh, I thought I was the only hipster that knew about this thing. Not of like, <laughs> you mean that you also had to eat dog food? No, you got to eat dog food. <laughs> you got the privilege. Your your parents splurged on doggy chow, the Ooh, best la, la. of the dog foods. I have no idea if doggy chow is like actual good dog. It's like the wet dog food. Or if that's what you would not want if you had to eat dog food, if you would prefer. Amy Joe, if you had to eat dog food, would you rather the dry or wet? Wet. Okay. Interesting. Why is that interesting? It's just like meat that, that as opposed to like here, eat this. Opposed to some like dry. I I, I guess for no, me, I mean, look, dry I dog food, I feel like would just be a really bad cereal. But I feel like I could muscle through some maybe. crappy cereal. I then don't know. I feel like you're wet. eating some canned wet meat thing well you also don't eat meat so i feel that's like a that's point. a different situation for you uh, i didn't really the think only thing stopping me questions. from eating wet dog food <laughs> <laughs> uh well let's get into it uh and listener don't forget if you aren't already please like and subscribe and rate the show wherever you can tell a friend if in your enjoying yourself. heck we'd appreciate it we sure would so showgirls came out on september 22nd 1995 was directed by Paul Verhoeven and written by Joe Esterhaus. Now, what, what, what is similar about those? Pi- oh, they're both Basic instinct. Dudes. Oh, I know they're both dudes, yes. Yeah, 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 they sure yeah, are. Yeah, they sure are. They were just coming off of having worked on Basic Instinct together. Mm, mm. Um, so th- they thought they were kind of untouchable. They're like, oh, wow, because, you know, so much backlash against Basic Instinct and then it made a bananas amount of money and made a star of Sharon Stone overnight. So they were thinking that we can do anything and you for know our what? next movie they were, they were wrong. wrong but now having watched Flashdance, which joe esther house also wrote to me is like now is so interesting to go from like that to this it's of like, seeing someone trying to make it as a dancer yes it's very similar but hilariously almost g-rated by comparison oh you know? yeah 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 but uh what's your experience with showgirls how, you how, when did you first see it i saw it for the first time in a regional theater contract in little rock arkansas <laughs> 
and I was there with several several other people who had not seen it. One of whom is a listener. Hey Ben, and uh, we were stunned. I remember just those of us that hadn't seen it being like, number one, I I, I was missing out because this is gloriously stupid. But number two. I, I wasn't prepared for it to be as full on as it was, you know, and I think yeah. we watched it together one time. Yes, maybe. which was my first time seeing yes. it, was watching it with so you. So this is time number three. And yes. I tell you, and time every number two time, for me. Yeah. I think I've remembered more than I have. And every time <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, it... <sighs> I mean, it's an NC-17 film for, for a reason. For I mean, many reasons. For many reasons. Um, yeah. I think Roger Ebert said that this movie was a waste of an NC-17 rating. It's like because of the, there's no eroticism in this film. There's just so much yeah. nudity in your that you get. It's like the, the most like sensual or sexual scenes are when they're actually wearing their clothes because yep. it's so rare. And that it's just like you're just numb to this ridiculous amount of mm-hmm. female nudity. I couldn't believe when we finally got some man buns. When we finally got uh, Kyle McLaughlin. Oh, Zach Pizzazz is a man, uh, some, a man, a butt shot. Uh, because it was like, this, this is the one small instance of male nudity in your film. I'm like, come on. Like, if you're, you're going to be an N 17 film, let's see some dong. Let's like have it. Let's see <laughs> some dong. Ding, dang, dong. People. Song. But like, seriously, like what is this film is so weird. It's also weirdly sexless like it feels like it is the sexual politics of this movie are bananas it it feels like well you know what it feels like two straight dudes wrote what they thought was like a really sexy yes a little known fact they actually wrote it when they were both high schoolers (laughs) (laughs) ah gee this is gonna be great and then she takes off her top again (laughs) then there's ice um uh, yeah it felt like like it for a movie that is like in some ways, so gay, it's so straight about it, you yes. know? Yeah. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. wait, are we meant to believe that this woman is a lesbian? If so, her nails wouldn't be that long. And also, like... Oh, Gina Gershon? Yeah. I believe bi. I mean, she is well, dating for Kyle sure. McLaughlin's character. Yeah. So I, Regardless. Looking up reviews, looking up whatever pieces, she is referred to as a bisexual woman. It's just not... In the movie, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I mean, like, that's implied, but it's also, like, it, it's just, like, wait, what does anybody actually want? Like, I would believe Lil Sexed Up Jesse Spano would be, like, ready to, like, I'll do whatever it takes. But that's not even what occurs with no. regards to the sexual politics. Like, you might think, you think this is, like, all about Eve set in Vegas, and it starts that way, and then it does not, and then suddenly there's, like, Gina Gershon is the villain? when she what like there's a lot where it's just like i'm unclear what i'm what the point of view about anybody is supposed to be i I get in terms of you know right from the start we're following our protagonist Naomi malone and then the gina gershon is kind of always to me positioned as the a villain yes not even like potential mentor there's like i i think that's the one thing about the film that almost works is gina gershon is selling the crap out of all of this this is my favorite gina gershon I have to say, like, sure. I think that she's great. She looks fantastic. And she's so like enjoying yeah. the space that it's living and in. She is like, she's on the right planet, which is where this dialogue takes place is mm-hmm. how I'll put it. Of like that. She, I forget, it might've been Ebert as well. That said like that she like makes a meal out of like saying dialogue that men, the way that men think women talk, that mm-hmm. she has like, has a great time saying the things that men think 
think that women say, mm-hmm. even though they don't. But that she sells that of like, so what do you think about your breasts? Like stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot about that part again. Um, oh, boy. But yeah, and that scene of them at the end of the hospital, I'm like, why am I oddly moved by Gina Gershon's performance yeah. in this? It, inconsistent this weird text and accent and makes all. no sense. That yeah. feels like day to day was like, as far as I know, it wasn't, but it feels like day to day was getting rewritten that's, so that no that's one knew what, what, should, what am like. I supposed to be playing? That's what I mean is it feels like the movie is very unclear as to its point of view on on the trajectory so of these relationships, on yeah on so much you know and that's that's where you're sitting there going like wait what huh <laughs> well, why that i don't know yeah wow she's acting so hard she sure is and uh that's also been said was how she was directed that she was kind of directed yes paul yeah. verhoeven like directed her to be like super strident and super like explosive at everything which um, like uh, watching it I, I was like i understand what they're trying to do with that but it i mean obviously doesn't work and also was like that's not how real people who have been through intense trauma right were, like they might be very reactive and defensive in these situations i know there are people who who might but just not like th- not, not like, like that not like, not, this. Like, not like this it really is which we'll get into i swear we're gonna get into the synopsis soon listener um but when we learn her backstory that it's like that that should click things into pl- but like you can that should be more under the surface. Like that whole, yes. like, where are you from? Just like slamming the fries. Different like places. places. Um, it's just not live. It's just not no. lived in, in any way, shape or form no. to the point that I wouldn't be surprised if it like that whole backstory was written in late into production. And like, she didn't even know that they were like, we'll figure out what this is. So for yeah. right now, just, you know, you're, you're angry. Just you're angry that people are asking you these things. Despite yeah. the fact that this woman is paying, is buying you a burger and fries and is like, <laughs> gotta make you gotta you can live with her that like this woman is the only person you have that's keeping you from the gutter right now um but let's let's get into this shall we let's do it spoilers ahead if you've not seen showgirls or haven't seen it in a while here's a brief ish synopsis uh and a trigger warning there is a incredibly awful sexual assault scene near the end of the films which we will be talking about to some extent just Mm -hmm. to talk about it uh so we meet nomi malone a young drifter so I was like, the movie started, and I was like, the, the first shot, this could be a good movie. Just opening on, like, boom, on the back of this, like, fringe yeah. leather jacket, following her in this tracking shot to, this to like, her hitchhiking next to the Las Vegas, the sign for Las Vegas, like, 300-something miles it's a away. a visual storytelling we've yeah. got going on right there. I was like, okay, okay. And then we have the second shot of the film. So <laughs> where we meet this Elvis impersonator named Jeff. Oh, my god, Not really an Elvis impersonator, but might but as well be. might as well be <laughs> Jeff. Freaking uh, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, so Jeff, the driver, uh, picks her up and then promptly robs her of her suitcase, and she's taken in by Molly Abrams, a costume designer for the show Goddess, a topless dance she's review. Not a costume designer, she's on wardrobe. On but... wardrobe, you're right, you're right. This synopsis that I pulled from Wikipedia said costume designer, but you're right. Well, no, I, I figured she... it was pulled from a synopsis. I was like, yeah, she, yeah. she, this poor, this poor girl is is stitching g strings. She's she's on wardrobe. Right, right. Molly invites Nomi backstage to meet Crystal Connors, the diva star who insults Nomi when she learns she dances at Cheetah's Topless Club. Uh, just like, that's not, whatever you're doing, I know if you're, if you're doing it there, that's not dancing. That's not dancing. Uh, and just every moment of the film, Nomi has this a hair trigger temper of like, that, like, yeah, you're eating a lot of crap from people, but it's also like, like a moment like that, it, you know? <laughs> 
then how quick she is to pull a knife on somebody. It's like, how has nobody stabbed you back? You know, if you're you're that, if you're that explosive, that's also why like the direction and her performance make no sense to me. Cause it's like, if you're that, it's so stacked against any actor playing this role. hundred percent. Like, but I do have a lot of sympathy for Elizabeth Berkeley. Um, but like 100%, if you're that, like easily like someone gets under your skin like and you're in a bad situation like I, it really is surprising that she is like uh still alive at the end of the movie you know <laughs> it is it is uh and this makes her too upset to go to work that night so molly takes her dancing at the crave club where nomi is arrested after causing a fight involving james a bouncer of the club who this guy trying to dance with her and mean like i could teach you to dance like you can't dance right now you just got that that spirit or like the fire it's it's also like no talent she's not like doing grand jetés across a stage she's like dancing in a club what does he know and pretty terribly i might add uh not not great dancing no 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 not great dancing uh yeah especially in this scene like she's going she was a dancer i think i saw like she when she was younger she was then choreographed not well well i think uh, a lot of uh, i mean there's some not... of the actual performances of goddess i think like are okay even though yeah. they're completely ridiculous but i'm like yes. okay las vegas campy topless review like i would buy this is a vegas show and some of that dancing i'm like this is athletic muscular sure. dancing that i'm like okay i this but it's sure. kind of like watching a lot of this reminded me of staying alive the travolta same, like same 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 um in the similar like but at least this takes place in vegas staying alive right. is a vegas style uh, as show a broadway show broadway, like, as a Broadway no. show. I no, don't think so. Travolta. No, no. I don't think so. But Director like, Sylvester Stallone. It's similar to Travolta, who's a pretty good dancer. Oh yeah, dancing on stage opposite people who are like legit. This is my job. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, and so it, it, it is a starker contrast. You know, right? I hear you. Um, but yeah. So this guy James, this bouncer and wannabe choreographer, bails Nomi out of jail, but she pays him a little notice at first. They then they wind up semi seeing each other for like a second as he's like i'm putting together a dance to do the crave club you could join me no and then she gets she winds up getting a job at uh goddess but she shows up and he's like so like what about the dance that i was going to teach you despite the fact that i've told you nothing about pay or performances when or it might be when it might be we'll how be yeah, rehearsing. and any details like that is like but you threw away the 10 minutes of choreography that i spent on the you the one gig that we might do one time that might be paid only in drink tickets <laughs> how could you I've already sent this out to my email my friends list I've already sent out the Facebook invite <laughs> In 1990, I already tagged you in the post. What do you mean you're not going to do it? You're embarrassing me. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, and then so he winds up. He, then he's also like sleeping with this other girl that works with yeah. Nomi at Cheetah. This Hope, girl, Hope slash, slash Penny. Penny. Yeah. Uh, and then she, I gotta so, say, she is a great Bob. Like the hair, oh, yeah. I loved her. It's hair. a Bob to beat. It's a Bob to beat. Uh, yeah. So he, and then he winds up like the end of his story is that he gets this woman hope slash penny pregnant Mm -hmm. and like she's like look what i got look we're getting out of the game how long are we meant to think the span of time that this movie takes place well it felt like years to watch i'll say that (laughs) Uh, it's a long one i would guess 
close, like I would guess several months. Yeah. I would guess like, but like six months. No more, no more than like three to six months. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, time moves very also, I, suspect in the beginning and then incredibly fast at the end. Vegas, I know, is incredibly hot in the summer, and but it, because it's in the desert, like it does, you would want a coat on like some like winter evening. So I, I'm, it all looks like You think we're putting coats on these women? We're not even putting clothes on these. Yeah, women. I don't Certainly think not so. Give them Unless there's a, is there is there a okay costume person? I, I didn't bother to learn your name. Uh, Joe Westerhouse here. Can we get a coat and just cut like the chest out of the coat? Can we just yep. like cut? Yep. Have like removable like nip flaps you on this coat? You got it, Joe. <laughs> you got it. Crystal Connors and her boyfriend Zach Carey, oh aka Zach Pizzazz. Not uh, speaking of haircuts, the entertainment <laughs> director at the Stardust visit Cheetahs. I love how we find that out like two thirds of the way through the movie. Oh, that's what this guy does. Yeah, well, he's just he's around. Yeah, he's, he's around. His position. That's kind he's of around. Like, oh, he's some like hot shot with money. Or he, yeah, some hot shot who stole Tobey Maguire's hair from Spider Man Three. It's this so funny. In, he, oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because I sometimes listener. You will have heard me lament my hair envy of people like Harry Elwes in The Princess Bride. Uh, I'm blanking. There was someone, there's at least one other person in an episode. I was Leo. like, this is the hair. Oh, Leo. Always Leo and mm-hmm. RJ, of course. Um, but unfortunately, like, I, I couldn't grow my hair long because this is the best I could get it to look would be like Kyle McLaughlin's hair in this, which is not the hair you want. That he's got some long hair, it's floppy, it's the, it was the 90s people. I could, that's the best I could do, and probably not even that good. Oh my gosh, I love what did you say last night? You're like, this is like a, a brunette, well, Draco he looks like Malfoy. a child. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you bleach that hair, he would be showing up to be ready Draco, Draco. <laughs> he'd be ready for Draco. Uh, uh, yeah, so they they get there and get they buy a lap dance from Nomi for $500 uh, which he performs on Zach while Crystal watches and we get like the first bananas lap dance scene I guess the second is a full sex scene but this is like this is this like a like a play-by-play could take the rest of this episode of uh, her licking her own breast her uh just grind like grinding against comic lachlan so hard i wouldn't be surprised if a a part of like the bar broke or if his pants caught fire if that, that, that the scene ended with him literally catching on fire <laughs> uh it is truly astounding and i like i can't believe that this actor is doing this for elizabeth berkeley of just this like fully nude which i'm sure she's got some kind of like merkin yeah, situation in some places in in certain scenes it's like there's there's no like modesty panel happening anywhere but yeah i'm sure mm. when you're like straddling another actor there's there's something yeah but it's a lot it's a lot but Ooh. this leads to crystal arranging for nomi to audition for the chorus line of goddess uh where we meet tony moss this show's director who i wow. i have to admit is pretty funny to me of this dialogue of where to each of the girls is like oh i see you you fixed what is it whatever it is like you fixed, you fixed the, your nose you fixed your nose oh but your ears oh, the, no, the like you, you've been in you've been, you've been in from you before yes mr mr moss is it mr moss yes mr moss you told me to get my nose fixed hmm looks nice hmm but your ears, they're sticking out. Come back when you get those fixed. Get out of here. And like, he keeps like giving like a whack to them, to their shoulders. Like mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 each time he's just like so dismissive. It was a real Emperor Cusco beginning of Emperor's New Groove. It was yes. like, no, no, no. And let me guess, you got a great personality. Uh, so Fury, and then he asks Nomi to put ice on her nipples to make them erect. And she 
storms out and flips the ice cubes in the air. It's just funny to see where is her line of like, now that is beneath me. It's kind of like, it's it's all bad, you know? Yeah, like, that's also, it's like trying to thread what is the, what, yes. at any given moment, like what is upsetting her? What is turning her on? What, what is, is she, she like, enjoying? Yeah, like, exactly. There's n- It's not clear at all, which never. makes scenes like that where there are like, where he like asks them to take their tops off in the audition, which isn't great, right? But it's also like everyone, n- no one is wearing a shirt in these like sequences at all. Like that would have been the thing that would have been in an audition notice, like regardless like of whether or not they should or shouldn't have, uh, he should or shouldn't have been able to ask that. The way they all react, like, oh, but this is, it's as though he's asking them to like fillet him or something like that. And it's yeah. like, and again, I'm not saying anyone should never do that. I'm saying they all know who they've just spent like a whole hour or however long with this guy. I don't see what they all seem so surprised, like the way they are directed to be like, well, they act like they're not even aware that it's a topless That's review. That's what I mean. It's like, like, it's one thing to be like, oh, I didn't know that we would have to do that at this audition. Like I figured that we could do that at a later date yeah. or whatnot. Um, but they act like, I thought that I was in here for all my sons. Yes, I, I thought I was auditioning for death of a salesman. There's certain reactions like that, that feel like, why are you all like, so, and yeah, her being like the, the ice is the bridge too far. It's one thing when he's like, I'll do it for you. Then it's like, uh, okay. Right. No, but like that to me is like that, but her reaction felt very clear there. But some things I'm like. Is that insulting? I truly don't know. What's what? Ins- what are you insulted by? And what? It's impossible you- to tell. At any given moment, it changes from moment to moment yes, with Nomi Malone, uh, and she still gets the job. Uh, but yes, this begins of like Crystal, this like p- pulling her in, only to them push her away. Like she recommends her for this boat show, which yeah. winds up being a dis- very thinly disguised way to just be like, great, now you're just gonna sleep with these guys, yeah. right? And it's like I, the thousand dollars was just for this, just to dance on this boat. Nothing else. Nothing funny. Nothing else. Nothing funny. Uh, and, but then Nomi seeks to start getting her revenge against Crystal. So she seduces Zach, uh, in this incredible pool. The the most, I cannot believe that this is a pool at someone's house and not a pool at, for a motel for families. It does look like with the neon light up palm trees in front of the actual palm trees. And then the dolphin fountain, fountain, spitting some water. Yes. And then the most bonkers sex scene that ever flapping against that water. This I think was the moment when I saw it the first time that I was like, I like ascended to another plane of the fish is dead. Like what (laughs) is happening? Is this, is he finding it pleasurable? So hard to tell. I'd be shocked. It's also hard to tell on him. Comic Lachlan really feels like he, after like the, the first take of the his first scene on the first day, he was like, oh, OK, I got to go to a different place yes. at, in all these scenes. He looks like he is thinking about anything else and yeah. just like trying to get through the end like of he, the day. He like took uh, took a Xanax or something beforehand, you know, just be I like, wouldn't be surprised. You know what? I mean, and you know what? Good for him. Fair enough. Good for him. Once you're I, you know, it's like we can't all be Gina Gershon and be like, I'm going to just so fully commit to this. Like sometimes you are just stuck in a nightmare yes. scenario as an actor. Uh, and yes, I guess technically you should be whatever showing up. You're, it's a job. You're doing your job. But sometimes when the job is showgirls, I, I cannot blame the actor for being like, you know, not caring. You know, although maybe that's not fair. Maybe he did care. And it's just also, you know, he's like, what am I playing? We've what also, do you want? We've seen him be good in things. We've seen him be great in things. 
she secures an audition to be Crystal's understudy and wins the role, but Crystal threatens legal action against the Stardust, the, and the offer is rescinded. And then Nomi pushes Crystal down a flight of stairs. Well, now she gets that idea from white girl with cornrows who takes marbles and throws them under the feet of the girl. Yeah, that she takes like some like of the Annie. pearls from the outfit, yeah. like throws them. They has had like a uh, rivalry or tiff with one of the other with dancers. Annie. So it gets her ankle or yeah. knee broken. That's, now, it's her knee. That's right. Because they come yes. up to her and they're like, what, what is it? And they, she I touches her knee. knee. They grabs her knee and she's like, ah. She goes, I think it's her name. Yeah. So several things about that. One, it happens in the middle of a number. And then the next shot we see after she's like writhing on the ground in pain. Yes, this other Annie, dancer, dancer, not Crystal. Yes. Yeah. The next thing we see is her still lying on the stage. The mm-hmm. audience is all gone. But we're Completely meant to gone. assume they finished the show and left to lie in there. Oh, I would assume that they immediately stopped the show and said, could everyone please leave? I'm so sorry. We have this dancer That's- is injured. But the fact that it it would take less time to get medical professionals on scene to help her uh, than it would for and that entire audience. Have you ever seen, yeah. have you ever been in the audience of a sh- of a play it or even a movie? Do you see how fast. slow it takes for people to get up and get out? So these yeah. people did not know. These people so, did not realize how long it takes for an audience to vacate. So that no. does, yeah, you're, you're, you know, we found a goof. We found a goof in the oh, film. That we found work. a goof. <laughs> Can you believe it in Showgirls? So there's that, which I was like, are we meant to believe she's just still lying there? Number two. <laughs> There's a lot that we will continue to say about this movie, but like the way that this movie portrays black women, you have two black women with like roles really, right? You have this dancer, Annie, who was portrayed as like a really nasty piece of work. Like I was always team Annie in this rivalry with her and cornrows girl. Absolutely. Cornrows girl has her kids running around. Cornrows girl is monster rugrats. But I think we're also supposed to think that Annie's kind of like, a, a piece of work as well. Like I like I think the the through the lens through which they mm-hmm. seem to be wanting me to perceive it. I don't think we're all supposed to be on team cornrows like being like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, because because cornrows then is like on the side of Nomi and she's Doing like, what, "I saw yeah. Crystal, she failed. Nomi didn't put Nomi was nowhere near her." Even though that's like, "Well, that was a weird thing that you brought yeah, up Nomi." Like, like no, no one asked. no one's accusing Nomi, but you're like, "I swear Nomi didn't shove her." It's like no one said Nomi shoved no her. No one said that. Um, but like the, between it just felt like the way that they were handling the Annie character felt like they were casting sure. her do some of it like in very reasonable behavior, but in a way that like shot it in such a way that it made her seem like she was just a real drag. And yeah. then the best friend who is a black woman yeah. is, you know, assaulted and right. we see it. It's yes. just, I was just like, this is this you want to, you want to do any critical thinking about anything? Um, they don't. Well, because no. we're about to get into into that bit anyway. So uh, Nomi pushes Crystal down the stairs and winds up replacing her as the show's lead. Um, and Molly knows that she pushed Crystal. So she's very like kind of there's a rift between them mm-hmm. now. But she relents and attends Nomi's opening night celebration where she meets this musician, Andrew Carver, who they set up that she's Molly like loves with, this musician. Yeah. So this musician like l- brings Molly to his room where she is then brutally beaten and raped. So this scene, which then and subsequently, like they're like, oh, we can't press charges against this guy because he's one of our biggest names. So this was based on a real incident that Joe Esther House learned of while he worked for Rolling Stone magazine. 
so he partially wanted to like this is what actually happened out mm-hmm. there like i want to shine a light on that somewhat but he did say after the fact that he said that rape scene was a god-awful mistake he said clearly we made mistakes clearly it was one of the biggest failures of our time it failed commercially critically it failed on videotape it failed internationally in retrospect part of it was that paul and i were coming off of basic instinct which defied the critics and was a huge success maybe there was a certain hubris involved that we can do what we want to do go as far out there as we want that it was to try to push make this as awful as possible Mm -hmm. um you know, and Paul Verhoeven said that nearly every character in the movie is a bad person except for one girl. So that she is the one, this the one person mm-hmm. that is unequivocally the good person in this movie is the one who has the this Worst awful, treatment. awful, yeah. yes, things happen to. Um, and he is aware. He's like, my closest collaborators felt that way. I have said that they thought the rape scene, like, pulled out of the movie yes um and it it absolutely does like i understand conceptually what one is trying to do with that but it's handled so poorly and is so hard hard to watch and is is, i it is so unnecessary gruesome incredibly unnecessary also just like i really don't think we ever need to see a rape scene there is a if you want to imply that that is what has occurred that you could have cut and not gone back to it. You know, she could have then like come down the stairs. You could have like down she the stairs, looked, looking, looking we all know what happened. Bruised and bloody and gone unconscious. You get it. Like we, you, you just go to them locking the door and her being like, what's happening? And then coming down later from this, we get it. We get it. We get it. I, I don't, I, number one, I didn't need that to occur to that character, but also like, I, we do not, we don't need, need to, to do occur it. to that actor. Like, no, we really just don't. Can it's we just, just like, not anymore? Yeah. It's and I know so that they're like, awful but to, it's like, but bad. to film, and it's to like, force an yes. actress to film this is so freaking terrible. Yeah. Um, I just hate it. I hate, I, I always hate it every time, every time in a movie where I'm like, this is, un- it's always unnecessary. Um, I agree. So yes, Nomi wants to report the assault to the police, but old Zach Pizzazz tells her that the Stardust will bribe Molly with hush money. We'll get her a dress shop. Slash like the police are notoriously, well, you know, but uh, particularly so with it. Co- Cosby, to- we're recording this early, so Cosby is just, just been just released. Like two days. Out of the- so like the idea that in any sexual assault situation, but particularly where a famous person is involved, forget it. Forget it. Like, why, Like that's a legitimate enough thing to be like, well, I can't go to the cops because n- nothing will happen. Right. So this is when then Zach tells Nomi that he knows about her past, that they've looked into her. So they know her name is Polly, that she became a runaway after her parents' murder-suicide, that she's been arrested several times for drug possession, prostitution, and assault with a deadly weapon. And he blackmails her by vowing to keep her past quiet if she will not tell the police about the assault. So the movie, this is now where our movie has headed. Um, So Nomi decides to take justice in her own hands. She goes to like, as if I'm going to go sleep with this musician, Andrew Carver, and kick him like some real. Like suddenly we're in Kill Bill. Yeah. Some karate kicking in the face. Uh, Honestly, could have been more. Like, honestly, should have knifed out that, that junk like stick that knife somewhere like you bring that whole knife Chekhov's knife Chekhov's knife it doesn't go it doesn't get used nope really disappointing (laughs) really disappointing um then she visits Molly to let her know that Carver's actions did not go unpunished sure and then goes to find to do less she goes to the woman at the hospital 
It's like Crystal Connor's room. Yeah, room two thirty five. It's like that. She's immediately doesn't even have to look it up. That she's like, oh yeah. Uh, which, I well, like. I guess she does have 30,000 bouquets of flowers in there. So maybe she's been she's having famous. stuff delivered there. I guess. But, but still, but yeah, it's funny. yeah, she goes to apologize to Crystal and Crystal admits that she pulled a similar stunt years ago. I guess she shoved someone down some stairs. We just love perpetuating the cycles of violence. And that her lawyers secured her a large cash settlement. So she forgives Nomi and they exchange a kiss. And it was like in this scene, I'm like, yeah, why am I on board with like this as if this relationship has earned some strange complicated nature and i'm like this this doesn't make sense but like just taking it if i if i saw just that scene and nothing else i would maybe think that like okay maybe this is really campy but is actually like good truly kernels of good i do think you're right that it might be that stuff was getting rewritten as it went because i think like if that's where we ended and we took some of the stuff in the middle out just with regards to their relationship like it might actually make some kind of sense. Like to me, it felt like Crystal Gina Gershon is like sort of trying to mentor her, but also like, you know, like using in a very unhealthy way, the kind of sexual manipulation as a way of flirting with her, you know, which I get that that might be interpreted very differently by the person upon whom that's being visited. Um, but then there, I don't know. There's just so much in there. Like, what is this? What is this supposed what to be? What is any of this? Uh, but she leaves the hospital and and Las Vegas as she hitches a ride to L.A. with old Jeff, the possibly Elvis impersonator, uh, who stole her possessions. So she pulls her knife on him as this car is skidding across the road, and where we we leave a sign. We see a sign for Nomi. I like thinking of him as Malone a discount uh, Elvis impersonator. They are in Vegas. There's a million of them. You know, all yeah. over. Yeah. So the casting directors of Showgirls were Elaine J. Huzar and Joanna Ray. Huzar has also cast films as From Dusk Till Dawn, Lost Highway, and Starship Troopers. And Ray has also cast such projects as Blue Velvet, Twin Peaks, and Kill Bill 1 and 2. Hmm. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is here in it, along with you, listener, for the very first time. Frankly, on this, I'm ready to be astonished. So so let's kick it off with Nomi Maloney. Amy Jo, <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on Chris and Christopher Maloney as Nomi Maloney. Oh, <laughs> Hey, Christopher Mal- Stabler goes to uh, that. That should have been sta- the new show of Stabler coming back. It's like have him be investigating Las Vegas crimes. Yes, yes. he's Chris Maloney, like working the slot machines. Come on, Nomi Maloney, uh, Amy Joe. Thoughts on Elizabeth <laughs> Berkeley, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Um, oh Elizabeth Berkeley. I mean, she's trying. She, she oh, is uh, never. No one could ever say about this performance that going she's not 120% trying. 120%, even if the scene calls for 40%. <laughs> she will give you everything. She's leaving it all on the floor. As a fellow tryhard, I have a lot of sympathy for her. Also, as as someone who, like, she she was really trying to distance herself from Jesse Spano, from the Save by so, the Bell. I feel you like know? so many actors, specifically female actors, have to do this. was like, I'm going to disrobe oh, in Equus. That's like, true. What I'm going to go show my, show my penis on Broadway. And that will get me respect. And it did. It did. <laughs> um, don't think it worked that way for Elizabeth Berkley. Um, I have written here, strong Miss Piggy energy. You know, just like, I I can't have my way. I'm angry at everyone. I'm going to flip a table. You know, that kind of. That, yeah, there is a lot of that. Hi-ya! 
<laughs> energy. Um, that's very true. Oh, oh, and suddenly like being like, oh, oh now, now that I know that. Zeki, Zeki, Zeki. So I don't know. I, this is like uh, some films that we've I'm, done. I'm really trying hard not to picture Miss Piggy in that pool scene now. Yeah, and I it's, can't help it. It's done. It's done. Is burned into my mind. Yeah. Now. I can't stop. I can't, I can't, oh you're my sorry. God. I mean, this I'm flop, so, this you're welcome. puppet <laughs> flopping up, just flinging this puppet under this fountain. Uh, okay, continue. You back? Great. Um, so I wouldn't wish this on it because here's the deal like, it's such a it's not a good script. And it's clearly was like she was directed in such a way that I don't think I don't know yeah. that there's someone making this work. Right. Um, and uh, so know that I'm not wishing this on anyone. Right. But who might have made this better? Someone the same age as Elizabeth Berkeley is Tony Collette. OK. And Tony Collette can dance and she can sure play, can. Um, you know, tortured past. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, Charlize is also a dancer, you know. Yes. Um, but then 100%. if we were doing like a more contemporary version, mm-hmm. um, like maybe Zendaya, you know, she yeah. dances, she's like the girl can act. The girl they, can act. It, they our youngest Emmy winner, I, I think, I, or something, something like that. Like There's some something that she but honorable that she won yeah, by winning she, for Euphoria. Yeah. She's also like someone who because I feel like when Elizabeth Berkeley is successful, it's when we are like seeing this kind of like young desperate person and, and when, when she can kind of just like not have to act so hard you know and like we can kind of like be let into that yeah. like the the vulnerability that's put her in this position and i feel like that's the thing that zendaya would would crush i don't have a lot of other thoughts because this is also this is a hard one where i'm like that you're it's so true i was like i don't want to subject it, it, any yep. anyone to the yep. movie that it currently exists as and i i couldn't think of like what how could i like what to turn this into a full-blown camp comedy like i couldn't figure out of how to make mm-hmm. what to turn this into so that this was whatever closer to like the movie burlesque you know of like i couldn't even think of that of like yeah. your whatever christina aguilera or like what i did make me think of hustlers a lot obviously sure. but at least that you know, s- silly though yeah. it was, they, you know, at, at least it was a little more, we felt like they had more agency. Even 100%. You know, and it's also based on a true story. Hustlers. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Hustlers is far and away. A well, it's a vastly excellent. better film. Yeah. I just, and I think it's an excellent film in its own merits, even without having to compare it to Showgirls, in which case pretty, most films will be considered <laughs> pretty good. You know, that Dumb and Dumber prequel when Harry met Lloyd compared to Showgirls, pretty good movie. I will always watch Showgirls over a Hulk Hogan feature though. Like Suburban Commando, I unfortunately remember okay. more than I ever care to, but you know, um, I would watch this again in a heartbeat over that. So though I have nothing against this performer, the only other, the other person that I was like, when when it's like uh, keeping with it, that it's going to be a bad film no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I just want that, like that crazy eyed energy thinking of her and unforgettable Catherine Heigl. The only other person Mm -hmm. I could think of, uh, that actually is a great, don't want to subject this to Catherine Heigl, but I could see her making a meal out of these freak out outbursts. Totally. Yeah, that's about it. So Elizabeth Berkeley, yeah, this really stunk. I mean, she was dropped by her agent after the <sighs> film was released. She, I forget what, there was some film that we did recently. There, there was some role that like 96 or 97 that she was considered for that then like after Showgirls came out that they were like, oh no, don't worry. Oh. You're, um, 
And Paul Verhoeven, yeah, that's right. In 2015, he like fully said that the film ruined her career. That he said, if somebody has to be blamed, it should be me because I thought that it was interesting to portray somebody like that. I had hoped the end of the movie would explain why she acted that way when it's revealed she has convictions linked with drugs. But that too turned out to be a big mistake. I asked Elizabeth to do all that, to be abrupt and to act in that way. But people have been attacking her about for, for that ever since. Because number one, you get it so late in the movie that we are already we've already been thinking this person's bad at acting. And number two, because real humans live with that kind of stuff all their lives and nobody actually behaves this way. Well, I feel like there are people that do, but they are not people that then continue to rise in their career. They're, 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 if the person that's acting like this is a this girl playing Molly is not like Correct. you're not coming home to me. I mean, more like the way she's handling props seems like so on top of everything. Like I'm going to grab this then right. I'm going to fling these fries. Then I'm going to throw, it's just like throwing people... herself against the car. I mean, yes. when, when the script has her, like she gets robbed, not even like she discovers that he's like left. He brings her to her casino. Jeff, mm-hmm. uh, Je- Jeff, Elvis, this, Jeff, this Presley, Jelvis, uh, no, okay. Je- El- Elvis, Jeff. Elvis, Jeffrey. Um, <laughs> still not great, but I'll stick with that. So Elvis, Jeffrey, Brings her to a casino. Is like, all right, I'm gonna help you get a job. I gotta go talk to my uncle. You stay here, and here's like ten dollars of coins Time, for the slot machine. Slots. And then just drives off with her bag still in his car because he thinks she's like a mafia girl with a lot of money in that right, bag. Right. And it's like, but then she almost immediately throws up, and I don't know what causes her to right? throw up because she hasn't she hasn't eaten anything or had anything to drink that we've that seen. I, that I've seen. Um, so that I was like, I don't know if that that's some kind of withdrawal from drugs. I have no clue. I have no clue. I don't know. It's really, it's really stacked against her. So let's get into the actors who were actually up for it. And ding, ding, ding to Amy Joe, because you got it. Charlize Theron it makes sense. auditioned. Attitudinally, she's a really good fit for it. And yeah. she can dance. You know, she was like a ballerina. I think that she would. I mean, I can't imagine. It's hard to imagine an actor like Charlize in this because yeah. I'm like, I, I she'd also be this would be like almost her. This would be actually probably her second credit because she has 1995 she's uncredited in children of the corn three urban harvest and then 1996 this movie two days in the valley that i think was like the first like the a big thing like some small budget like Mm -hmm. hitman uh comedy thriller i think with danny aiello uh and that thing you do and then 97 is of course previous episode devil's advocate but yeah she's still Charlize theron even when it's this early on and you're like she's not like come into her own of how she will fully totally. like embody of your from monster to mad max and whatnot but i don't see her giving even directed by paul verhoven to give a bad performance i don't see Charlize theron giving this kind of performance i feel like that she would find the nuance and subtlety yes. somewhere in there i was having this discussion with someone recently about uh, a project that i worked on that was like a like a, a developmental type thing, uh, uh, like a, a new piece, and just how one actor like really fought for a particular bit of staging to be sh- shifted. And the project was a lot better because of that. And as it has been like licensed, that's how it's done. And, and mm. that it, I was like, you know, if, if it were a lesser actor or an actor who didn't feel comfortable bringing it up to that director, it would have been this like cluttered, like it just, it just wouldn't work in the way that it, it that this piece works. It's like now like a known, like anyway, it's just like that, that kind of thing. You can't count on every actor feeling like they are in a position where they can say that sort of thing, or they can be like, do you really want me to like, you want me to snap that hard? Like, I don't know if Elizabeth Berkeley like had done that many movies right. at this point, you know, sure. like, yeah. so is she, 
I'm and not saying like, that's on Elizabeth Berkley. I feel I feel like no, it is not at all, but on I'm saying Verhoeven like, of how he directed, I and it's on the script. Agree. But the script is so ridiculous and completely. Re- I mean, yeah. more like someone like Charlize. I feel like even very early on is someone who might be more inclined to like. Okay, well, how can I do that, but also this, rather than like this is my big chance, and I want to make sure I do it the way the director wants. Right. Well, here's what she said. Uh, this is a quote from her. I think the talks fell through with the actress that ended up doing it. And so they reopened it up and started casting it again. And that's when I came in. And then when asked why she would audition for a role that featured so much full frontal nudity, she said she had no issues with that because she had posed nude several times as a model, which is what she primarily mm-hmm. was at that point. And she was impressed with Paul Verhoeven as a director saying, you have to understand at the time, Paul Verhoeven had just discovered Sharon Stone and he was the director. You kind of go with the filmmaker. The other thing too was it was my second audition and I had never gone to an acting school or anything like that. So I was like, if this is me paying my dues, I'll fucking take it. I'm not expecting things to be handed to me on a silver platter. I was ready to work my way up. She said she heard they liked her, but then they sorted out the deal with Berkeley and ended up casting her. According to other sources that I've seen, she was flat out offered the lead role but turned it down due to the content and then fired her agent because that wasn't the direction she wanted her to her career to go so i've Mm. heard both of those interesting that she was offered it fired her agent and that she was just kind of in the running um and considered it uh and paul verhoeven said that theron was good but basically she just wasn't known at the time and just did not fit the part so they she she was turned down Mm -hmm. uh and he admitted that she's lucky because it probably would have destroyed her career like it did elizabeth berkeley's And I did want to add this, that Theron recalled years later, she ran into Elizabeth Berkeley about a decade after the film came out, and they talked about, like, what might have wow. been. And Theron said that Berkeley was so classy about all that, about her ability to laugh off being in the film, and said she's one of the nicest, nicest people I think I've ever met. Oh. As far as the other actors considered, Pamela Anderson auditioned. Sure. This is in 95, so we're right in the middle of Baywatch. And in 95, she also filmed Baywatch forbidden paradise uh tv movie which somehow is not a porn parody of baywatch uh yeah so Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. i mean i guess well i feel like that the film is just flat out becoming pornography if you're getting pamela anderson yeah maybe i don't know she wasn't a uh no film star she's a playboy bunny right i don't even i don't even remember that i just mean in terms of how the way sure. that Pamela Anderson was, was looked perceived. was perceived Absolutely. in the '90s of like what the a post you know you're getting whatever an actor from Saved by the Bell that's like this is like this that actor from this whatever you're watching on like Saturday morning in this show is like they are now a, a perf- whatever a post to Pamela Anderson were just it feels like that that's all the film is sure. you know Denise Richards turned it down because uh-huh. of how much nudity there sure. was um, but she told Verhoeven to keep her in mind for other roles and he cast her in Starship Troopers so. There you go. There you go. Um, a better received movie than this. I, I think a Still much better stupid, film. But... Still very stupid. But, but as far as like if you if the intention was for this to also be satire, if you're f- fully like all the yeah. characters are terrible, except for the ones that and they are the ones that aren't terrible have the worst happen upon them. Um, that if you are trying to make some kind of like mm-hmm. sleazy satirical take on all about Eve you the the satire of starship troopers goes down a lot more successfully yes uh jenny mccarthy auditioned and was in the running until it was discovered she couldn't dance (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that a hundred percent tracks that to me feels like that sums up jenny mccarthy Mm -hmm. to me (laughs) Mm -hmm. and jennifer lopez said that this was the worst audition of her career vying for a part in this film and she said that 
in an interview, she said that the director, so assuming Paul Verhoeven, although it could be okay. whoever was in this audition, but that the director asked her to take off her top so he could see her breasts, oh. and she refused. So wow. the scene in the film might be true to but, life. Well, for, of course. I'm not saying people don't do that. It was purely their reaction. true to life of this film, specifically. <laughs> yeah. I don't just mean, like, that happens sometimes at a Vegas review. I mean, like, for this film, they were like, all right, we're going to do the scene where uh, Tony Moss is asking you to take out your breasts, so... um. Well, can you, can, we, can we see those breasts? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. When I auditioned for Company XIV, which is a a burlesque show in which like most of like everyone was in pasties at one point or another, it's like no one asked about that. It's like just sing because that's the gig, and then right. you know what the costumes look like. You've seen a show here, you mm. know. That's wild. Well, yeah. I feel like her doing Hustlers is a nice uh, turning that on its head. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because in 95, she was doing the movie Money Train with Wesley Snipes mm-hmm. and Woody Harrelson. And then 96 is Jack. And 97 is Selena, which is like the right. big like, oh, OK, you can really act, act. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So this is definitely a good good on you, J-Lo, uh, to not do yeah. showgirls. Yeah. And that sound means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. Or in this case, Two Truths and Some Person. Gender is dead. The way it works. Two of the following actors were up for the role of Nomi, and one was not. And Amy Jo is to guess which is which. Your options are Angelina Jolie, Mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore, Mm -hmm. and Cameron Diaz. Mm -hmm. 95. I'm going to say Cameron Diaz. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. As far as I can tell, Mm, Cameron mm, Diaz was not mm, considered for mm, this mm, movie. Although mm. I could so see The Mask was 94. And that was, I think, her first film. So I'm kind of surprised that she wasn't. Um, The Mask was 94. I believe 94. I always think it's like later. No, because I I think that was his big, Jim Carrey's big year of The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and Ace Ventura. It was all three films in the same year. And then 95 was Ace Ventura 2 and Batman Forever. And it was like, please stop working. Please slow down. You're going to hurt yourself. Um, So Cameron Diaz, not considered, but Angelina Jolie, uh, Andrew Blackmore. I can actually see that. Yeah. So apparently Angelina Jolie auditioned, uh, which she did not get. And instead that freed her up to do 1995's Hackers. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Another stupid movie. <laughs> Andrew Barrymore was apparently offered the role, but turned it down because she was uncomfortable with the amount of nudity required. Mm-hmm. And instead, in 95, she was in Boys on the Side, Mad Love, and speaking of Carrie, Batman Forever. So a big year. And uh, of course, I mean, better choice for all of these people to not yeah. be doing this film. Yeah. I mean, interesting though, thinking about Drew Barrymore, someone who has a very public, uh, you know, struggle with addiction and, you know, like from a very young age to so, like think yeah. about like how her image changed so much in the kind of roles that she has gone on to play kind of not in she because she's obviously been very public in her acknowledgement of that but just being like and that's not what i choose to do with my career because i did it in my life you know like it's very interesting to think about her her playing a part like that especially in the 90s just feels like not what she was about right well she she did poison ivy just in thinking of like what is the movie that's like i'm not a little kid actor anymore now i'm in like a sexy but thriller that's but that's different that is than very like, different. i'm gonna play very, like someone who's been different. like who's also a former addict right, you know right, right. And oh, of course that. of course of course i agree so let's move on to zach carey aka zach pizzazz amy joe your thoughts on comic <laughs> lachlan and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else this performance is so stupid that I love it. <laughs> like I unabashedly love it. That the hair comes hair flopping acting, on screen. And I'm the like, hair all acting right, all right, is man. off the charts. It's so funny to me. It's like he's like got like cartoon emo hair. 
You know what it's, I mean? It's it's 100% anime hair. Yes. It, I don't know. It's so funny. He's just kind of like the sleaze factor, <laughs> it, but acting like a little boy. It's so stupid. I love it. Because um, I feel like it is, he's not even acting sleazy. He's just dragged along by Gina Gershon. But like because of the hair, so the, it's, much of the, it's movie. the way he kind of smiles that he kind of just like looks a look sleazy by association. Sure. Um, you know who I now realize this hair and everything reminds me of is a Billy in, um, I forget the actor's name in Romy Michelle's high school reunion. The mm, like the yeah, boy the jock, that Romy's the, in love yeah, with. Yeah. And then when he's yeah. like super drunk at the, it's that same kind of like stupid grin of like, Hey, I'm just here for the babes, <laughs> you know? It's so stupid. I don't have a lot of options for this, partially because I'm just like, <laughs> don't change a thing. It's so <sighs> foolish. But I thought like John Slattery, someone mm, who I'm like, okay. I don't know about okay. with that hair, but I would see it. I think they're about the same age. And then now this is this is where we get into like now we're making a different movie. Um, but there's this Bollywood star that I think I've mentioned before named Tiger Shroff, mm-hmm. who I think might be the most attractive person on planet earth. Um, I think he's maybe a little too built, but um, he's absolutely beautiful. And he dances like just, he's incredible. So I'm like, what if like the Zach, Zach Pizzazz is also like, also the choreographer. Hey, (laughs) then we've got, then we've got like a nice, you know, Zach and Cassie uh-huh, situation. Uh-huh. That's a chorus line reference for yes, our yes, non-musical yes. theater heads. We've got, there's just like, there's a different power dynamic there that might also be interesting. And then we get to see a beautiful man dance beautiful better man than everyone else. Dancing. I'm Come digging on. that. I'm digging that. Well, you, you know who, who, who played Zach in that Broadway production of chorus line? What, what if we get Mario, Mario Lopez? Lopez. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you know who has. Sexy Colonel Sanders himself. You know who has the most 90s hair of all time? Is of course Zach Morris. I guess it's not the most '90s hair of all time, but it's like really say, 90s. Depends. I was like Jonathan Taylor Thomas Sorry, or right. that is Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. <laughs> In terms of like the floppy, I mean DiCaprio really has the most. The, yeah, that, but not, the not everything has to be floppy hair. to be okay. '90s hair. Zach Morris, that's like a nice because it's also the bleached, the frosted. It's the frosted. I mm-hmm. guess it's not mm-hmm. really that frosted. It's like pre-frosted time, but it's like we don't get to frosted tips if we don't have Zach Morris. <laughs> if you ask me, uh, an expert. Uh huh. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. One flo- floppy hair walked, so bleached tips could run. Something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyone else you would cast as Zach Bazaz? No. Great. Um, yeah, I was like, I could see. We used to need someone you're like, what's this person's deal? Are they on the up and up? Are they sleazy? Val Kilmer. Oh, 1995, fair. Val Kilmer. Totally. Or the king, James Spader. He, you're so right. Is this, this is a person, James Spader? Does this person like me or is he James Spader? <laughs> <laughs> does this person like me or is he gonna have sex with me against a tree? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so, it feels, you're right, it feels like Kyle McLaughlin is like, well, if James Spader were cast, how would he play it? Like this? I mean, they feel like somewhat similar to me For in sure. regards to like, of, you know, James Spader's doing Sex, Lies, and Videotype and Tape and Kyle McLaughlin's doing Blue Velvet, but like that could have been switched a bit, although I guess James Spader maybe is a bit older. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, uh, but we, anyway, he's the other person I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. It was like, I could so see James Spader in this, where, where then it's like, I'm kind of seeing... 
because he's Kamakahan feels like he is like looking away from camera. Like he's really oh, yeah. he feels like he is barely he's trying to get his as much of his face out of frame as he's possible. He's given us full Veronica Lake with the hair just so that we might not notice it's him. Maybe that's why he did the hair like yeah. that. So he oh, could no, cover his eyes. Oh, no, the long hair because it looks uh, yeah. good for my character. <laughs> Don't notice me. I'm not. Here. I'm hiding behind the fringe. <gasps> but James Bader, I think that he's like leaning into it of just like him and secretary that he is like yes. oh yeah i don't care yeah this is weird and sexual and bizarre and i'm here for it uh didn't even realize the cameras were on uh yeah he's someone who i feel like has he's not someone who you look at and you're like ooh, what a classically attractive person but he is like so, always got some weird sexual <laughs> energy uh which is not to say that like because a lot of stuff he does like like i think about like secretary it's like it's not that the kink is weird it's that he's got a you're like what what's going on with you buddy what's that um and i feel like that yeah. is as you've said this is movie for being so flesh forward is very sexless so if you're trying to make it sexy bring in someone with a weird sexual energy and you're like i don't <laughs> know if i, I like say, it yeah it's just, if you're trying to make it sexy just bring someone with a weird dick i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i have no knowledge of or opinion have james bader show that weird hug is <laughs> about them bizarre balls spader uh, oh my god weird so, hog yeah <laughs> sorry miss piggy oh no <laughs> did someone say hog what? What? <laughs> so comic lockman denied rumors that he walked out of the premiere and he said quote i sat there and suffered for the whole two hours <laughs> he said i was absolutely gobsmacked this is horrible horrible and it's a very slow sinking feeling when you're watching the movie and the first scene comes out and you're like "Ooh, that's a really bad scene but you say well that's okay the next one will be better and you somehow try to convince yourself that it's going to get better and it just gets worse and i was like wow that was crazy i mean i really didn't see that coming so at that point i distanced myself from the movie now of course it has a whole other life as a sort of inadvertent satire. No, satire isn't the right word, no, but it's it inadvertently not. funny. So it's found its place. It provides entertainment, though not in the way I think it was originally intended. It was just maybe the wrong material with the wrong director and the wrong cast. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing to say. <laughs> so Incredible. the one other actor who was considered for Zach Pizzazz. According to McLaughlin, Dylan McDermott was offered the role first, mm -hmm. which I can also sure. really say. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, this is post-Steel Magnolias. Like, he's in stuff. In 1995, he was in Home for the Holidays, uh, which was the Jodie Foster-directed Thanksgiving picture with, like, him and Robert Downey Jr. Oh, and right. I, I skipped Holly it, Hunter. but I remember it's, like, the one Thanksgiving movie. I guess, yeah, I guess there's not a ton of Thanksgiving movies. Why, when you could just skip ahead When you could just watch weeks. Home for the Holidays. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's oh, right. Um, and in 95, Dylan McDermott was in this movie, Destiny Turns on the Radio, where he plays an ex-convict running against Jim Belushi's mob kingpin, and he meets and couldn't tell from the plot description. So perhaps gets helped by Johnny Destiny, who may be a supernatural creature, but is definitely played by, you guessed it, Quentin Tarantino. So uh, 
It might not be a better movie than Showgirls, but probably for the best, it is a less known movie than Showgirls. Destiny turns on the radio. Well, there's a lot that just came at me with that. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, indeed. And we move on to Crystal Connors. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Gina Gershon. You already said that this is your favorite Gershon. Uh, And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Yeah, I'll admit not having seen a ton of Gershon on camera. I've seen her Mm -hmm. a couple times on the American stage, darling. That's right, that's right. Um, I saw her play Sally Bowles in Cabaret, and I saw her in Boeing Boeing as the Italian, which I saw three times with that original cast, because I... Liked it very much. It's a great cast. Bradley Whitford. Mark Ryan. Academy Award winner. Mark Mary Rylance. McCormack. Catherine, Catherine Hahn. Agatha Harkness all along. All along. And of course, Christine Baranski. And Christine Baranski. Every one of them a winner. So, I th- yeah, I think she is having fun and knows what movie she's in. And also just, it feels, maybe because the character has more power, but even though she's like, well, she's mainly topless. I don't think we ever see her like completely like without a G-string on or something. But regardless, yeah, it I don't feels think so. the lens through which we are looking at her feels less exploitative. I agree. Barely than yeah. how we're looking at Elizabeth Berkeley. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's all bad. Um, But, yeah, I thought she's very good. Like, she's fun to watch. She looks like a Sophia Loren, which I'd never realized really oh. before. She looks a lot like Sophia Loren and like Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse, I could definitely say. That the way, the that, makeup like, that they have the on makeup her. And the then the, the like, eyes, the big, like, smoky eyes. And the, like, bump it that they have in her hair. Yeah. And that first thing they have her in a lot of, like, with a lot of hair attachment pieces. Yes, yes, and yes. I was yes, like, oh, it. my gosh. Um, so I don't have a lot of thoughts. I thought someone else, <laughs> this is also because of something you said during the movie, but I was like, oh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. That's who I've got. I mean, yeah. It was the open, when, <laughs> when when she's watching yeah, from Nomi's the Yeah, Nomi's watching for the first time from the booth. And she starts doing the <gasps> She does like the hands. choreography. Yeah, the little jazzy hands at the same time. I'm like, this is just all that jazz. This is the beginning where of the movie Renee Zellweger is suddenly jazz. imagining herself. Yes! Like, take that key change. But if this was an actual movie movie and not a ridiculous fake movie like it is, Catherine Zeta-Jones would be bananas great. I think so. Um, my other pick, uh, would be Vanessa Williams mm-hmm. who yep. can dance and can, I mean, no one needs her to sing, but she can. And, <laughs> uh, like it, I think would also have a similar amount of like enjoyment and relish, which is necessary to definitely, I wouldn't even say make this work because as we've, as we've said it, it does not. Um, but to like put it across and come out, come out on the other side, looking like you did the best you could. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, Yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones. I could see a Linda Fiorentino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talked to Men in Black a few weeks ago. Um, This is around the time of The Last Seduction where I'm like, okay, I could see. And actually, if this is a real movie, like Bill Pullman in the Zach Pizzazz role, I could see more of the like, is this guy on the up and up? Is he just a sleazebag? Bill Pullman is a great Is he the king of New York? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at that. He's just a scumbag. Um, (laughs) If this is made, or I guess, I guess age-wise, she is the right age here, but she wasn't really well known. But like a Taraji P. Henson made mm-hmm. later, and once again, a real movie, not to subject Taraji P. Henson to something like this. Correct. But she's someone I could see like, oh, that you were like, I'm the one that pushes people down the stairs. Not, not you, you, not you. I once pushed a girl down the stairs too. Uh, or once again, like today, really just make it a full-blown comedy today, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey oh, Plaza as Crystal my Connors. gosh. Giving you like the full like, 
Yes. Full sapphic energy. I'm uh, here for it. Coming in, still dressed the way she is in, uh, 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 oh my God, what's the name of the, forgotten the name of the movie that, the, that she did with Kristen Stewart. Uh, Happy Holidays? Oh, I honestly don't remember the name. I enjoyed it. I won't look it up, but is whatever. The, the, the nun one? No, no, no. This is the, like the lesbian, the Kristen Stewart and oh. Mackenzie Davis are oh. like, oh no, we're lesbians, but your parents don't know. So we got to hide our relationship. And oh, here's your ex, Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> uh, and here is Dan Levy to be charming. I, um, I, I want to say it's hap- happiest holidays, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I might be wrong. And, and you know what? That, that just goes to show, get better titles, people, because I enjoyed that movie. But if I can't remember the name of the Ding Dang movie, how can I help promote it? Um, <laughs> assuming you were listening, makers of happiest question mark holidays um, <laughs> so here are the actors who were actually considered for crystal connors right off the bat madonna oh duh da 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 makes duh, doy. Doy, duh. so 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 much sense yeah. um this actor finola hughes also general hospital allegedly turned it down because she found it sexist which you think you think i wrote down at one point does this movie ellipses think it's a P- period does this movie, movie? think <laughs> i was like does this movie think it's feminist there are times when i was like i think they believe that some of the storyline viewpoints are somehow feminist and of course i find that ludicrous Ludicrous. but i i wonder i just i was like they seem to be holding some of these like plot points forth and 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 statements with a certain amount of confidence that they have not earned Uh, a new new sean young was considered, which instead in 1995, uh, she did this film that I know of only because I remembered the poster of this so clearly from in our in our local movie theater was Dr. Jekyll and Ms. Hyde. Oh, I remember the title. Yeah, but that's some, I don't even remember who the actor is at the top of my head, uh, but some actor that turns into Sean Young. And then that's the like, oh no, I'm Mr. Jekyll and you are Ms. Hyde who's trying to wacky hijinks and shenanigans ensue there's some of the title like blurring the two of their faces together which some posters will do whatever you've got your two mm-hmm. actors and then they just kind of do a blur anamorphs cover effect yep, yep, yep. um but the ver- the version in the center did look quite monstrous of this like amalgamation of the two of them uh i, I just remember from being like seven being like this movie looks weird but also maybe hilarious i'll find out did listener you? never did um <laughs> Daryl Hannah was considered. I, I could see that. Once again, not, not, not to subject them to this, but um, recreate their Kill Bill yes. energy. Get Daryl Hannah as Crystal and Connors and Uma, Uma baby Uma as Nomi. For sure. Nomi? I could see that. <laughs> you know, Uma Nomi. play Nomi. Uma play Nomi. <laughs> Nomi for Uma. <laughs> um, and Sharon Stone was considered. Duh. Yeah. 1995, she instead was doing The Quick and the Dead, the Sam Raimi movie, and Casino, which got her her as of yet sole oscar nomination so go with me on this but i think that was a better option you think working with marty scorsese might have been a better choice i agree uh which she's so good she's so good in casino so uh i'm glad that sharon stone knew it's like great you got me total recall made me a superstar with basic instinct i'm outie uh so those are all the characters that i found other casting options for there are a few characters we didn't mention i want to briefly touch on them there's Lynn Tucci, who played Henrietta Mama Bazoom, uh, one of the, the like more of a comedian at the Cheetah, who does have, which I couldn't figure out if it was the dress or some kind of contraption she right. has to squeeze her arms into her sides so and then makes the front of her dress pop, pop off. down. Right. I, which I could not tell. She does it with two separate dresses, and I couldn't tell. It's like, is this? Do, it, it, she was did the one when she was visiting Nomi 
at, at the, the her dolls, job where I'm yeah. like, so are you still wearing an outfit from the show or does do all of your clothes have this function? <laughs> so at any given moment, if you're just meeting someone and they're like, you're a performer, you'd be like, am I? Let me show you my act. <laughs> <laughs> Bazoom. Bazoom. Yeah. Um, that was, it was an interesting, it, to me, it looked like the dress was rigged, but the way they talked about it made me go, yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't even recognize her, but she also was on Orange Is the New Black for several seasons oh, wow. as uh, Anita DeMarco. So if you are watching Orange Is the New Black now, or just remember that uh, she's also uh, in a lot of that show, which good for her. I could have. Yeah, she was. I mean, I could have cut this character from the movie for sure. Uh, it was. It was. Th- th- it's one thing if she's <laughs> on stage making these jokes that are horrifyingly anti-woman. Like I get if you're like this is my shtick that I do. Right, but then right, she's right. making the same jokes in the dressing room. Like she's the same person on and off stage. And I was like, can't we just kind of, do you need a motherly figure here? It doesn't seem to do much to further the plot unless she's going to be somehow. T- but no. Right. And she, for, for me, it's the moment when she's visiting Nomi. When Nomi is like, hey, oh, we heard your mother is here. And you see Nomi be like, my what? It's like, well, if she's whatever it is. I hope like, for I, your sake for, she's I hope, not. Right. I hope for your sake she's not. And that she's on the stage like doing her act to like a, this big yeah. giant amphitheater. I'm like, this movie is not equipped for like that. Is not equipped for this like. No. no. <laughs> Hello, gorgeous. Yes. Uh, I was thinking funny girl when that happened. <laughs> I'm the greatest uh, honk a honk honk a honk. Uh, we do. Th- this might be the best line, and by best line, I mean the worst line in the movie. Uh, is Robert Davi as Al, mm. the the the, guy, the boss at the Cheetah, who is the worst and is the worst in real life, coincidentally. Mm. Um, but some might know as the, one of the two Agent Johnsons from Die Hard, which is how I primarily know him. But him, when he's also there to visit her at the job, at, like oh, we saw your opening night or whatever. Or saw you go on as course girl and looks looking around and he asks her like like a genuine like he's been nothing but the worst and he says like the most genuine like it, it must must be weird not having anybody come on you uh, like I so I true. could not believe my ears we did kind of shriek and then you said so correctly like a line like that can really only work if it's like a must be weird not insult. having anybody come on as opposed you. to and you're like oh gosh, god damn it i never jerk been boss. in such a nice joint yeah wow before. i have never weird. spent a day of my adult life not getting come on me at some point in the work day so it must be nice hey you know what more power good to you good on you must be nice yeah, he's just indignant about it. It's like, oh, Lottie da queen of the castle, not getting come on over here. Must be nice up there on your ivory tower, <laughs> posted down here in the real world, swimming around in semen oh like gosh. us. Okay. <laughs> Too far? <laughs> um, I, I is kind of blew my mind because I did not recognize the actor that plays Tony Moss, the director, who I do think is yeah. great. This might be For next sure. to Gina Grishan. I think this is the most successful performance. Uh, I totally buy this as a real human in the yeah. world, you know, and is honestly funny. He's the yeah. worst, but he's also just like, yeah, you you fixed your nose. Great. Now fix them is next. Get out of here. You uh, part of his voice made me feel like this could have been Charles Bronson. There's a similar ish <laughs> yeah. voice, uh, but it's this actor, Alan Rakins, I believe how you pronounce it, um, who's probably best known for L.A. Law and as Dharma's dad on Dharma and Greg, oh, which wow. is a show I watched approximately one billion episodes of. And uh, he, but he's like a burnout stoner hippie on that show who's wearing big floral print baggy shirts and he has his hair. He's balding mostly bald with the hair he has is this long gross ponytail so but that's imagining that 
very different from yes the what he looks like is tony moss so i my mind like i still it's hard to picture them as the same person that's Um, acting jeff (laughs) acting uh and yes this actor gina rivera who played molly abrams who you might also know from uh soul food and kiss the girls and she was apparently on the closer for a while uh who i think she's fine it's just she her character is nothing it's an idiotic character yes i think she's doing a lovely job given all the hot nonsense she's been asked right. to like bear the brunt of you know right where there's like there's no reason why this person would nope. offer like you can live nope. with me insane woman that is throwing the food that i just bought you around absolutely not in yeah. a little fit uh i think she yeah. is selling it very well and, and unlike it is a thankless the, yes thankless yeah role. unlike the crystal connor's role where it's like you kind of get to do this sort of like weird predatory, maybe not kind of like fun kind of villain or toggling that line. She doesn't have any of that like fun stuff that makes it easier to lean into the camp, you know? And yeah. she, I think she does a very good job considering she's got, it's like yeah. nothing to hold on to. Yeah. 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 Uh, and there are a few more people, but I want to mention these other people in regards to some bonus trivia Ooh. on this film. So this was made into an off-Broadway musical, yep. uh, which Rena Riffle, who played Penny slash Hope, mm-hmm. uh, w- would perform in a few of the shows, and clearly had whatever this this film. She was like, "This is my meal ticket." Mm-hmm. Is this movie Showgirls? So in 2011, Showgirls two, Penny's like apostrophe s from heaven. Oh like Penny gosh. is from heaven, uh, which was a direct to video bomb where Rena Riffle repro- she wrote the script. Oh my gosh. T- starred in it and directed it. Oh, okay. But several of the actors in Showgirls did reprise their roles, including Greg Travis, uh, who played Phil Newkirk, who's the one oh, that yeah, like the guy who's like, I'll run the boat to the, show. Bo- to the boat show, who I thought was like a weird mix of Phil Hartman and Andy Richter, has like yes. a weird imagining a phil hartman andy richter amalgamation that is then trying to sleep with all these girls Mm -hmm. is very disturbing uh glenn Plummer, who played james smith who's like the the choreographer who's like what was it is a private dance he like advised her to the show isn't it isn't it called like a private yes also he's like you saw we were terrible we got booed off the stage i'm like you shouldn't have been doing a weird modern dance at a club right where they just want the girls to take their tops yeah that's not do you haven't found is it bad or is it a poor choice of venue james anyway okay so he was in this um and dewey weber as jeff (gasps) old elvis jeffrey somehow also in this film Incredible. so the, the, all those actors reprise their roles and i did think glenn Plummer, who i will always know uh as the guy in speed who keanu like hijacks like carjacks him when mm-hmm. having to catch up to the bus is how i always know him the actor who played james um who i think is i think is fine as well in this yeah I mean, again, it's a, a poorly once drawn again everything is everything where, is so poor everything is so poorly but yes, done i think he does a lovely job with preposterous lines yeah uh so final thoughts amy joe any other characters we didn't mention or moments I that had so many notes let me see yeah and give us the greatest hits of uh, the many pages of notes that you okay, took okay well my first note is nomi is a disaster mm-hmm. agreed um oh yeah okay when she goes into the show and she's like how soon can i start and they're like you're on tonight yes amazing i then wrote there is pyro <laughs> all over the stage and she doesn't even get a put in She's just sort of dancing in place, learning the choreography, and it's like, how you? This is so unsafe. These working conditions. She's seen the show. Mm-hmm. 
And also sometimes monkey do that you got to avoid. Don't forget the monkey do, which is like looking at that set. I am like, is this set on stage the whole time? Uh, Are there monkeys running around this volcano? Is this this like a weird like 2001 A Space Odyssey opening? Is this show an adaptation of 2001 A Space Space Odyssey? A Space Goddessy. Hold the phone. I did it. I think you've done it. I've done it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Where it's just, I guess, instead of the big black oblong rectangle, it's just a big old, I don't know, a big black dildo that all these monkeys are just (laughs) jumping around. (laughs) Oh, my God. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Let's make it happen, people. All right. All right. Yeah. Copyrighted almost done. Copyright. Don't you try to do it. And by don't you try to do it, I mean, please don't make me do it. All right. There was the moment when um, Gina Gershon's been pushed down the stairs and like the producer and director and people are like we could get like janet jackson or paula abdul or someone and the producer goes maybe it's the guy who owns the hotel something one of these like higher ups he goes we're not gonna pay those kinds of salaries underneath which i've written finally the first real moment of the film (laughs) well yeah they don't got the money for Janet Jackson no. or Paula Abdul. And they're not get, they're not going to go do this topless show. They might do the show and be like, everyone else can be topless. But, but I just loved that it was like, so yeah. we're like, we're not doing that. Are you kidding me? We can't afford me? that. It's like accurate. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. So that that made me. Um, we can't even afford to pay the dancers what they're worth. You think we could pay <laughs> Janet Jackson money? I'll end with this. A source once told director Paul Verhoeven that Steven Spielberg had requested a copy of the movie after the premiere and reportedly Spielberg stopped watching halfway through the movie while saying sometimes I hate this town Amy Joe Jif what are you recommending this week uh, I recently listened to this incredible 10-part podcast it's called Lolita podcast and it's basically a deep dive into the Nabokov book and then all the different uh, ways that it has affected culture and all the different like cultural takeaways we have and shorthand we have for it that actually has no bearing in what was originally written in the book. Um, the host goes into the different film adaptations, the different stage adaptations. Oh, whoa. There was, and I think I- Lolita, a Broadway musical. Yes. <gasps> there was one. What? It, di- it didn't make it to Broadway. No kidding. But yeah. But two wild facts about that. There's a whole episode just on all the stage adaptations. There's this this one called Lolita, My Love, which didn't make it out of Boston or wherever it was, um, was written by Alan J. Lerner, who was <sighs> also the lyricist on My Fair Lady, Camilla, Brigadoon. So um, Frederick Lowe had already passed away, so he was like mm. collaborating with other people. Mm-hmm. But um, And then the Lolita had been fired uh they said because of like creative differences and she said on this podcast later it's like no it's because they wanted me to disrobe uh and like basically drop my nightgown and be naked she was 15 and her understudy ended up going on for the the like next two weeks that it ran her understudy was i believe her name is denise nickerson who was violet beauregard (gasps) the blueberry and she was actually 13 oh Yes. Um, so anyway, there, there's but it's, it's fascinating Whoa. because it also like takes you through like the book and what was the actual intention of the book. And like Nabokov was a survivor of childhood assault himself and all, you know, and just like how we have taken it and screwed it up in so many ways, you know, it just but it's fascinating and it's funny. The host is very funny, um, really interesting. 
um, 10 episodes. I like could not stop listening to it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm recommending Lolita podcast. Awesome. There is also a mention of Lolita in this movie, which movie I was like, that's That's what someone, they mentioned Lolita and I was like, well, there you go. So yeah, check it out. Check it out. Listening. Uh, Elvis Jeffrey. How dare you? And yes. What, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, this book that I just finished, this book of short stories called I Know You Know Who I Am by author Peter Kispert, K-I-S-P-E-R-T. Uh, just I blew through it. Just a great book of short stories. Just like the one that the title comes from, just to give you a taste, is this guy who has been unable to stop lying to his boyfriend and to the point where he's now trapped in the lie that he has this very close friend of his that they're supposed to meet at this coffee shop and now has to last minute cast someone to pretend ask someone to pretend to be this friend and hope that he can balance all of these plates as like a for his the the girl that he took to prom in high school shows up at the coffee shop who would know this fake friend that he's invented things like that uh it's awkward and funny and uh very beautiful so very different from the film that we've done today uh so that's what i recommend i know you know who i am by peter kispert and that's what we're recommending this week do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of email us at and almost starring at gmail.com and let us know find us on the socials at and almost starring on instagram until next time i'm jeff ronan i'm amy joe jackson and thanks for joining us to see who almost star